If you are thinking about starting a podcast either by yourself, uh, with a co-host, with guests, uh, maybe it's audio only or uh, with video, please keep on listening. I started podcasting in early 2019, and for the rare occasions that I had on a guest, uh, it was always in person. But uh, once the pandemic came around and everything became remote, um, using Zencaster really, really opened up my possibilities of who I could have on a guest. I wasn't limited to the people who I could get in person anymore. Um, I have recorded guests using Zencaster everywhere from uh, just a handful of miles away from where I am in the Chicago area, all the way to the other side of the world in New Zealand. Uh, so the video and the audio quality are great, especially if they have a decent camera and microphone. Um, and getting the files couldn't be easier. I really, really love that Zencaster records the audio and the video to the person's local computer uh, so the quality isn't lowered when you get things like internet hiccups. It then uploads the footage uh, to the platform during the recording, and when you hit stop, it quickly finishes the upload and then processes the files so you can directly download them right from the platform. The files are even accessible if something goes wrong. Uh, and this next part, I'm going to basically read verbatim uh, because I couldn't have said it better myself. It's super easy to record a podcast with Zencaster. Log in using your browser and start recording a high-quality podcast right away. Record studio-quality sound and up to 4K video with your guests. Feel a sense of zen knowing Zencaster's multi-layered backups. Backups ensure you always have your recordings in the highest quality, even if the connection is unstable. Have you ever worried what you sound like? Zencaster's post-production process makes you sound buttery smooth. It automatically removes those ums and ahs in your recording. It removes those awkward pauses in conversation, too. Set the right podcast loudness and levels while reducing background noise with a click of a button. If you have thought about podcasting before and realized that you need lots of different tools and services, those days are over. With Zencaster's all-in-one podcast platform, you can create your podcast all in one place and distribute to Spotify, Apple, and other major destinations. So, go to Zencaster.com pricing and use my code WORDNERD W-O-R-D-N-E-R-D, all one word, and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. I want you to have the same easy experiences I do for all my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. Hello, word nerds. Hello, word nerds. Welcome to my very, very silly show called The Dictionary, hosted by me, Spencer. 
I it's my show. Welcome to it. What's everybody doing today? What did you do on December 11th at 7:19 a.m.? This is what I'm doing. Okay. Nose itches. The first word, the first word in this episode is entry level. E N T R Y hyphen L E V E L. This is an adjective from 1970 of or being at the lowest level of a hierarchy, as in entry level jobs. So, um, I guess the lowest level assumes that there are upper levels, there is a hierarchy, there are v- a variety of levels. In this system, the job system, you go work for a big corporation, the entry-level jobs are probably the ones that you don't need much training or education. You didn't need to go through 37 years of schooling to get this job. No, maybe you just need a high school diploma or even less, depending on the job. There's lots of those. They're very good jobs. I think everybody, I think everybody should probably do some entry-level jobs. So maybe further on in their career, when they're uh, at the top level, uh, they know what it's like to have been in those entry-level jobs. I think a lot of people, they don't get those. They don't get the entry-level jobs, so they don't know what it's like. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I've, I've had some of these. What would you... You know, a, a store attendant at a video store, is that considered an entry-level job? I didn't need much schooling for that job. Working at a, as, a, as a waiter, I did that for a little bit. These are, these are important jobs, I think. They make you who you are. They, they make you learn about, you know, these people who do this all the time. And uh, you, so you have some more respect for them. Because they, they, got, they got dreams, they don't necessarily want to be doing this for the rest of their, their life, probably. You got to know what it's like to have these jobs. And then you get the job, and then you learn some things, and then you move on to the next level, the second level jobs. Yeah. Yeah. All right. The sound effect today, uh, what what am I going to be? I'm going to go, I'm going to go, ba 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 the next word is entryway. This is one word noun from 1746. It is a passage for entrance. A passage for entrance. My parents' house entryway has two doors. There's a door, there's a tiny little hallway, and then another door. And that's the entryway. That's the pathway into the house. Um, wah, 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 wah. My sound effect is my vocal and mouth exercises. The next word is entry word. Entry word. Two words. Entry word is two words. Noun from circa 1908. The synonym is head word. And didn't we have something like that recently? Oh boy, I'm not gonna not gonna be able to find it, I don't think. But this is sounding familiar. We had something. We had something. Now, I'm not going to take the time to find it. A head word is an entry word. It's the first word. Oh, maybe it was... uh, 
Oh yes, here we go, here we go. This was a lot easier than I thought. So at the end of the previous episode, we had the word entry, and one of the synonyms was headword. And so I guess entry word is just a bit more of a descriptive way to say that. Headword, entry word, or just entry. So I think the word entry word, it's bolded here. That probably is the entry word for this entry. Entry word is its own entry word. I think. Wah, 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 wah. Next is entwine. Uh, entwine, transitive verb from 1590. Uh, starting with transitive, I should say. To twine together or around. So the guy who made the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota... He did a lot of entwining. He was taking that twine and he was spinning it around the ball so many times. For what's this? How's the how's the song go? Four hundred twenty-one thousand forty pounds of string. Oh, I don't. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Um, when I'm not when I'm not uh, when I don't have the song going, I can't think of. Now I'm gonna find that. I'm gonna find that. Ooh, where's the... What on earth would make a man decide to do that kind of thing? Oh, winding up 21,140 pounds of string. 21,140 pounds. That is how big the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota is. Um, and is there a length? Do they say the length of the... I don't know. But yes, of course, this is the song by Weird Al, the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. I could, I would sing the whole thing right now, but I won't. There was a lot of entwining going on with that ball. Okay, the intransitive for entwine is to become twisted or twined. So if you are twined, you are becoming twined and twisted. And so you have become entwined because you are twine. Hello, twine. Next is entwist. Let's entwist again like we did last summer. This is a transitive verb from 1590. Um, the same year as entwine. Entwine, entwist, entwist, entwine. Uh, the synonym is literally just entwine. So I guess twine is twisted? That is that what makes it twine? What is twine? Why is twine? <laughs> Next is enucleate. And yes, this has the A sound, the eight at the end, because this is a verb from 1548, and it looks like it is only transitive. So, number one for enucleate, this is archaic. The synonym is explain. Who? They used to use the word enucleate when they said, please explain that to me. Please enucleate that word to me, that thing, that whatever you're trying to say, I don't understand it. So you got to enucleate it. Uh, so maybe the etymology is going to help us understand that when we get there. Uh, but first, number two, to deprive, to deprive of a nucleus, to deprive of a nucleus. So you just go into the atom and you're like, I'll grab the nucleus and then I yank it out of there. 
I am enucleating it. Um, I think the E prefix can sometimes mean out. So you're taking the nucleus out of the thing. The atom is the only thing that I can think of that has a nucleus. But, you know, there's also like the robot's brain. That's sort of the nucleus of the robot. So if you take the brain out of it, the computer chippy things, then you have enucleated the robot. I don't think that's probably how we're using it. Enucleate. To deprive of a nucleus? Okay, well, another way that you could say that is um, you just don't allow it to have a nucleus. Can you do that? How does that be done? Okay, number three. To remove without cutting into. You're not cutting into a thing, but you're removing the thing somehow without cutting into it? I don't understand how that's possible. Um, as in, enucleate a tumor. Hmm. Also as in, enucleate the eyeball. Okay. So does that mean that the eyeball is yanked out of the socket... There's no cutting involved. There wasn't a surgical remover, removal of the eyeball. It was a, a yanking of the eyeball. Okay, okay. Nucleate. Nucleation is a noun. Um, so, this word. This word is from the Latin verb enucleare, which literally means to remove the kernel from. The kernel of a thing is the main thing, the most important part of it, uh, and I, that's the, also called the nucleus. So removing that from a thing, uh, that is from E plus nucleus, which means kernel, and there's more at the word nucleus. So the nucleus, the inside, the center part of an atom is just the kernel. That's what we should call it. Kernel Sanders. The protons and the neutrons make up the nucleus. Wee, 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 wah. Next is innumerable. Innumerable. This is an adjective from circa 1889. The synonym is countable. Countable. Innumerability is a noun. So something that can be counted is countable. It is also innumerable. There are too many words in this book for me to count, so they would not be innumerable. I mean, technically, technically, yes, I could go through all the pages and count them all, but who has time for that? Who has time to make this podcast? I don't, but I do. Innumerable. It's just countable. Anything that's countable. What's countable? Um, I have one tea mug. It's innumerable. Next is enumerate. This is a verb. Uh, looks like just a transitive verb. From 1616. One. To ascertain the number of. And the synonym is count. So you are ascertaining the number of a thing. I counted my mug. So I ascertained. I figured out. I noticed, I counted, that the number was one, so I enumerated it. Two, to specify one after another, and the synonym is list. List, I like making lists, so then I can check things off the list. So, 
when you are, I guess when you're making a list, you are enumerating your thing, probably because oftentimes you are numbering the list. The first thing is number one. The next thing is number two. The next one is number four. What happened to three? We checked it off. We're enumerating our list of things to do. Enumeration is a noun. Enumerative or enumerative, uh, that is an adjective. This is from, I think you can probably figure out where this is from. It's from the Latin verb enumerare, which is from E plus numerare, which means to count. Also from numerus, which means number. But I don't really know what, how does that change when you, when you put the E prefix before numerare, which means to count, how does that change things? To count, counting out, counting, maybe, maybe counting out, counting, you're counting, you're just counting. Yeah, I don't know why we have the E in, at the beginning. What is that doing to the word? Okay, next is enumerator with an O-R at the end. Noun from 1835. One that enumerates, especially a census taker, because the census taker is counting up all the people. Maybe, maybe not literally. They maybe they are not counting, but they go, they go, they give the forms these days. They give the forms to the people and fill out the stuff. And so we can figure out how many people are living here, and then we're going to figure out how many people we got. We do this every 10 years. But back in the day, the census taker was probably literally counting people. Um, so they're the enumerator because they're counting. Can you imagine that being your job? I don't think it's their job. I don't think they, they do this 40 hours a week, every week of every year. But sometimes they come around and they enumerate you. Don't enum enumerate ya. Okay. Um, gotta make sure the lips are loose. The lips are loose. For our next word, enunciate. Wee wee wah. If you are watching the video, you will see that I have shaved. I might have taken a little bit too much off above the upper lip, the mustache area. I do that so I can make sure I can get real close to the, the nostril area. But, um, because I just use a hair clippers for this. I'm not fancy, but I think maybe I just took too much off. Okay, enunciate. This is a verb from 1623, 400 years ago, starting with transitive. 1A, to make a definite or systematic statement of. That's on the next line, of. To make a definite or systematic statement of, enunciate. It's a very important, clear statement. I'm enunciating the statement. 1B, the synonyms are announce and proclaim, as in enunciated the new policy. We got to tell the people about the new policy, otherwise they're not going to know about it. And when we tell them about it, we are announcing it, proclaiming it, enunciating it. And this is not a way that I think of this word being used. I don't know if people use it this way, but clearly they do, they have in the past. Um, 
but I very specifically think of enunciate in a little bit of a different way, which is probably the next one, which is number two. The synonyms are articulate, articulate, I did not enunciate my words, articulate and pronounce. You need to pronounce your words and articulate them. As in the example, enunciate all the syllables. When I say it this way, I am not enunciating. If I say enunciate all the syllables, that's not enunciating. No, 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 no. We want clear enunciation so everybody can understand what we are trying to say. Okay, here's intransitive. There's only one. To utter articulate sounds. To utter articulate sounds. What is an articulate sound? Is that an articulate sound? What is an articulate sound? I don't even know what that is. To utter. But when you're uttering them, you are enunciating. Okay, whatever that means. Enunciable? Enunciable or enunci, enunciable, enunciable. Hmm. Okay, that's an adjective. Uh, enunciation is a noun. Enunciator is also a noun. And this is from the Latin verb enuntiare, which means to report or declare. So that's that's why. Uh, it was this first one, um, making a definite systematic statement, announcing, proclaiming. That's because the word is actually from reporting, declaring, saying out to the world, hey, I'm declaring this statement, this really important thing that everybody needs to know. I'm enunciating it. That was the old way to use it. Uh, that is from, enunciare is from E plus nuntiare, which means to report. So it's the same thing with or without the E. Uh, and there's more at the word announce. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, announce and enunciate, they have a sort of similar uh, sound at the beginning with the with the vowel and then the nun, the nunciate or the unnound. Yeah, so we've, we've beaten that dead horse. We've gone all the places we can go with that word. So now... We're going to go to the next word. This word is inure, E-N-U-R-E. It's a variation of inure spelled with an I. And that's all we get. That's, are those articulate sounds? The next word is inuresis, N-uresis. E-N-U-R-E-S-I-S, noun from circa 1800. This is the involuntary discharge of urine, also incontinence of urine. And I think that's a bit repetitive. That's a bit redundant. The involuntary discharge, that's what incontinence is. When you can't control your bodily systems and some things, sometimes things just come out, that's incontinence. Now, I don't know the exact definition of incontinence. Is it specifically with urine, or can you have incontinence when you throw up, where you just can't control it, or the pooping, 
or maybe just all the words fly out of your mouth. Is that incontinence, uh, enunciatory incontinence? Well, anyway, enuresis is when you can't control the urine and it just comes out. And sometimes if you have uh, a physical condition, a medical condition, maybe you've gotten older, for whatever reason, sometimes this just happens to people. And it's probably very disturbing and frustrating. And, um, you know, when I get real old, like 200, this might happen to me. Hope, hope it doesn't, hope it happens well after I'm done with this podcast, many, many years after this podcast. Um, let's see, anything else that we want to say about incontinence of urine? Nope, don't think so. Enuretic. Enuretic is an adjective or a noun. This is from the Greek enorine, which means to urinate in or wet the bed, specifically wet the bed. Uh, that is from en plus urine, which means to urinate. And there's more at the word urine. We're not going to get to that word for a very long time. Uh, yep, okay, when you're a kid, a lot of kids, they have this. Well, first of all, when they're babies, they're just like, I'm just letting it fly. I got diapers on, or maybe I don't, and it's just going to go, woo. And I don't know, I guess it's it's involuntary. Like, they're not aware that they're letting it go because they haven't gotten to that stage of life where they can consciously control that um but then sometimes uh when you're sleeping you've gotten to the age where you can control when and where you pee but when you're asleep you're unconscious so you don't have total control over what your body is doing that's why it's involuntary so yes that's a a very common example of this enuresis next Env, E-N-V, abbreviation for envelope, or yes, envelope, because it has an E at the end. And now we're going to talk about two words that are very similar, but they're pronounced differently and they're spelled a little bit differently. Here's the first one. It is envelop. There's no E at the end. You pronounce it envelop. This is a transitive verb from the 14th century. One, to enclose or enfold completely with or as if with a covering. So, you can take a blanket. You can take a blanket and you can put it over yourself and you can fold it over you all the various ways and then you will be enveloped in the blanket. Right? Right. Or you could be... You could write out a check, and you could put it in a piece of paper, and then you could fold the paper over the check, and then you can put it in an envelope, and then the check will be enveloped in the envelope. Okay, number two for envelope. To mount an attack on... Who? Who is this attack being on? It's an enemy's flank. The, uh, that's the side, right? So you, if you're coming around the side to the enemy's flank... Uh, then you would be enveloping them because maybe you're going to fold yourself over the enemy and then mail them out to your friends. Um, Let's see. Envelopment is a noun. This is from... This is from the Anglo-French envelopper, or, yep, envelopper, uh, 
which is from N plus volupere. Probably not the right way to say that word. And that means to wrap. Uh, so also when you are getting gifts ready for somebody for a birthday, for a holiday, you have to you have to wrap the gifts. Well, you don't have to. I mean, you could do whatever you want, but typically that's what we do on average. Um, and so you have to you must envelop the gifts in some sort of wrapping paper. Maybe it's newspaper. Maybe it's actual wrapping paper that you buy at the store. Maybe you've made your own paper. Or maybe you just put it in a bag. Here you go. Okay, last word. Enunciate the sound effects. I'm articulating the sounds. The last word is envelope. Noun from circa 1714. One, a flat, usually paper container, as for a letter. Two, something that envelops. The synonym is wrapper. So the wrapper envelops the thing, so you call it an envelope because it is enveloping. As in, the envelope of air around the earth. All of the air that has been wrapped around the earth. Ooh, the earth is like a hard candy and the air is like a wrapper. (laughs) And then... Uh, and then some large creature is going to unwrap us and eat us. Okay, number 3A for envelope is the outer covering of an aerostat. Uh, That's A-E-R-O-S-T-A-T. Not entirely sure what that is, but the outer covering of it is an envelope. 3B, the bag containing the gas in a balloon or airship. I guess that would be the balloon or the airship would be the bag. Right? Cuz then you put all the gas in that whatever the whatever the thing is that's holding the gas, that is the envelope. We all got it. Number 4A, a natural enclosing enclosing covering, a natural enclosing covering um, as a membrane, shell, or intugament. So if you got like an acorn, an oak thing, uh, the seed is inside of the acorn. What, uh, is there a better example? There, a walnut has like an outer covering. The outer covering is the envelope. And then you got the juicy walnut inside. 4B. A lipo or lipoprotein unit membrane that forms the outer layer of some virions. So the protein, the proteins are covered in this envelope. 5A, a curve tangent to each of a family of curves. A curve tangent to each of a family of curves. Not entirely sure what that means. A curve, it's like, was it next to them? Is it near them? A curve tangent to each of a family of curves. Well, you got a family of curves. And then Uncle Curve comes in, and he would be the envelope? Or maybe it's around, maybe it's outside, because it's the envelope. A curve tangent to each of a family of curves. I don't know about this family of curves. That's a weird family. 5B. A surface tangent, a surface tangent to each of a family of surfaces. Similar thing. 
but with surfaces instead of curves. And I'm so confused. Six, a set of performance limits that may not be safely exceeded. And examples of these um, performance, there, what, what, where are these performance limits? They're on an aircraft, as of an aircraft. So the aircraft has performance limits uh, that may not be safely exceeded. So it's like when you are flying a plane with 200 people in it, you maybe there's a system there that it not that does not allow the pilot to do a barrel roll when you've got all these people inside of it. Is that the kind of envelope envelope that we're talking about? There, yeah, it's like nope, sorry, you can't do that. I'm I'm keeping you trapped inside of these limits. I'm I'm an envelope. Hello, I'm an envelope. Um, but we have an also section here. A set of performance limits that may not be safely exceeded. Also, the set of operating parameters that exists within these limits. So the limits are also the envelopes. Okay. Seven, a conventionally accepted limit, as in new computers that push the envelope. The envelope is like, oh, we can't go past these. They're enveloping us. But no, I'm going to make a new technology that goes past those envelopes and creates new envelopes. Okay, that's it. Uh, we got the etymology in the previous word, but we do have some usage information. Uh, because, why? Because we have a couple of pronunciations. We have envelope or envelope. So the N and on pronunciations are used with about equal frequency, and both are fully acceptable. Though the on version is sometimes decried as, quote, pseudo-French, unquote. Actually, on is exactly what one would expect to hear when a French word like entrepreneur is becoming anglicized. Envelope, or doesn't say how to pronounce it here, Envelope, or envelope, however, has been in English for nearly 300 years, plenty of time for it to become completely anglicized, and for both of its pronunciations to win respectability. So there you go. If you hear somebody saying envelope and you don't like it, or envelope and you don't like it, you can shut up because it's correct. Um, I don't feel like I really hear people say envelope very much. Do you? Which way do you say this word? Hmm, both of them are fine. You're just fine, envelope or envelope. Okay, let's pick a word of the episode. We had entry level, entry way, entry word, entwine, entwist, enucleate, enumerable, enumerate, enumerator, enunciate. Inur, enuresis, env, envelop, say it correctly, envelop or envelope, and envelope. But which one is so important to me that I need to pick it as the word of the episode? Let's go pick it. Pick it, pick it, pick it, pick it. Um, hmm. Ooh, I think, I think I'm going to pick enunciate because I need to make sure that I enunciate these words very well so you can understand me perfectly every time.
I know that I don't. I know that I don't enunciate all the time. I don't enunciate all the time. Sometimes I'm like, and that's not enunciating. Nope. Okay, that was fine. Just trying to trying to come up with something a little bit differently with these songs. But we're done with the song. Now we're going to talk about a couple of movies. What are we going to talk about? House of Wax from 1953. Um, trying to think what what. Do I remember about this? Um, and it's it's good and it's creepy. Oh, uh, well, this this movie came out in 3D in the theaters, and there is one scene that is just a 100% excuse to use this 3D thing, and it's very silly and funny to me, and uh, it made made everything great. And it's a total it's a total change from the rest of the film, but I enjoy it. Uh, and then no one will save you. Uh, this is, uh, it's worth a watch. Um, there's like virtually no dialogue. I don't really want to say that even though I just said it. I don't want to, I don't like, I want, I want people to, I mean, whatever. It's a big part of like, when people talk about this movie, I think they talk about how there's like virtually no dialogue. It's essentially a silent film, which I think is very impressive and I really appreciated that and uh, to to make a silent film essentially these days I think is very cool um, and um, there's there's some weird fun stuff as well but it's it's more of a it's a creepy kind of a creepy horror movie yeah no one will save you all right that's the end of this episode thank you very much for listening and watching on YouTube and until next time, this is Spencer dispensing information. Goodbye.